0: Welcome to the Sit Back, Relax, and Strap It Down podcast. I'm here with my co-host Zach the Schwab Elder, and this is Nikki Sudsy Legs. We're here from Sudsy's Garage. We're here to talk some White Sox baseball. We got a few good segments in store, and we're gonna kick it off here with 10 minutes of PMA, Positive Mental Attitude, talking about our White Sox. Schwab, I'll kick it to you. What what do we have to look forward to with these White Sox?
1: Well, I first would like to point out that we are currently. uh Watching the Red Sox game here, we're down by four, so it's going to be, you know, this may shade some of our opinions right now. I think the positive we have going on right now is Lance Lynn starting his rehab rehab soon. Should be getting him back in the rotation, which will be huge, to get rid of Dallas.
0: Yeah, I think it's pretty clear here, right? Dallas, just not going to work out. So, hopefully... Blessing in disguise. I think it finally had to happen, right? I mean, we've seen enough terrible starts. Hopefully, this is the end for Dallas. I, I think if Rick doesn't DFA Dallas after this game, I, I mean, what what more do you need to see with him?
1: Right. I mean, I think the fact that they're skipping Kopech's turn in the rotation this time, he may get one more just to get you through that. But I think uh, the the end is near, which is you know been a, been almost a year coming now.
0: So we got Lynn back early June. And then, I mean, thinking about that rotation. So, who would you say the ace at this point? You gotta say Big Mike, right? So we got Kopech as the one. I would say if we're looking at an October rotation, we got Mike as the one, Geo as the two, Cease three maybe.
1: I think that's where you're probably leaning. I mean, the issue, the only issue with uh, with Kopech is is the innings pitched, but he's been doing better at that. And again, he he's pretty much shut down the Yankees two times through. So, I think that was super impressive and a big step for his confidence. That last game going, what do he go, seven and a third? I think seven. Seven? Yeah, they, I t- mean, they took they him out for the seven. first batter. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that was big for him because he hadn't gone, you know, really past five for most of his starts. Went 90 pitches, seven innings. I think it was a big step forward for him, um, you know, trying to get that, that number those numbers up. To show that he can go late in the games is, is a big step forward for him,
0: which was always part of the plan too. I think start to build him up slow. What here's here's my concern with Kopech, and it's it's the classic mindset of the White Sox since twenty twenty, in my opinion, of babying these players. That we're gonna start skipping Kopech starts. It's very similar to what happened with Rodan last year. To me, Kopech because Rodan wasn't he coming off. He was coming off Tommy Tom John. John, yeah. So, to me, very similar. You got Kolpak, who's he had Tommy John. He's had out the year with COVID. Last year, he was in the bullpen. Comes out of the gates, absolutely on fire, and you know what's gonna happen. They're gonna they're gonna start spreading out his starts. They're gonna skip him a few times, and then what happens there? Does he come down with an injury, or does he? Is that gonna actually save him for October?
1: I mean, I think that that's. The big thing, right? You know, rode down at the end of the year, went through that dead arm period where everyone thought he was hurt. Clearly, in San Fran, he's shown that that wasn't the issue. Um, but you know, that's the issue when you have that guy coming back and taking that big innings jump. I think that's why I would have liked to see him get more innings last year. Copac that being, and not necessarily getting more starts, but more multiple inning relief appearances. Right? Try to get those innings up. Um, they didn't. They didn't quite stretch him out enough last year for this jump to. Be without question.
0: I think they tried to do that, but it's. I'm trying to recall what happened at the end of the year. It seemed like towards the end he was only doing one inning outings, but earlier in the year he was doing. If you remember, that he was doing some double headers. I I literally, I think it was around this time last year, we were, we had a double header. It was it was probably some shitty team in the central we were playing, and Kopech started game two. I think we were like ten games over five hundred. Kopech, I think, just. Breeze through seven, and then I think Madrigal, out of all people, had like the the highlight game, who dominated, and that was just when you could see the future happening at the time. But I don't know what happened throughout the year. Then it's it almost seemed like, I don't know if the plan changed or if he, it just circumstance. Maybe a lot of times it happens where you got to bring them in multiple times for one innings, but I don't know. We'll see what happened. I I just, I'm I'm like haunted by what happened with Rodon. Same shit happened. We were down every year. It was like, you know, he would come out with a couple good starts, and then. It, it, my big thing with these guys, it's like, let's let's treat them like professional athletes. Let's not treat them like they need a, they need to be baby. I mean, Ozzy, did you see the the post game when Ozzy was talking about babysitting Ta? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I did actually. Where's yeah, the I, the doubleheader one, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, you gotta. It's I. I totally agree with Ozzy.
1: Well, And like the thing with Kopech is I, you know it, it's easy to think that he just had surgery, but that's that surgery he sat out the year for injury, then he sat out the year for COVID. then he pitched out the pen last year. So he's pretty far out from that surgery date. So I mean I, I'd like to think we can we can push him a little bit. be smart, you know try to try to space him out when you have the, when you have a day off and you can get you know cease on normal rest or geo on normal rest eventually lin on normal rest, right? Give him some breaks that way, um, you know, so that you have him in the playoffs while still getting the most out of him.
0: That's probably right. right?
1: Especially, you know, with the fact that we're not running away with the division right now, you don't have games to screw around with. I I think that's ultimately the problem, isn't it, too? Right. Like, I'm – You know, if this is is last year and we're 10 games up, you know – this is a lot easier discussion, but right now we're chasing games, and while it's you know not a, not a ton right now, it's one where you go on a three four game losing streak, and the Twins win. Well now shit, you're chasing eight nine ten games, and that's what I, you don't want to have.
0: I I think I I couldn't agree with you more. I it's to me. The slow start. I mean, we got a lot to talk about with the twenty twenty two White Sox. Yeah, <laughs> a lot to talk about. But the the, the the slow start, which is an understatement. We're four and a half back. We're 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 chasing four by the Red Sox. I haven't checked the Twins. They're playing the Royals. They're probably winning. We're we're five and a half back. That changes everything. That changes your whole plan coming into the season. I, I mean, it so, it, it's so. It's so to me the approach on these guys of sitting them making sure they're getting their rest and preparing for October and at this point it's prepared to sit on your couch to watch the twins in October
1: right I mean I think you know I think some of it is they've they've gone through the last two years right two years ago you had Eloy go down and Eloy misses the first round last year Rodon's fallen apart by the end of the year so I think they're kind of haunted by that to a certain extent where they're trying to take some some preemptive steps to keep those guys healthy. But at the same point in time, you can't do that when you don't have that lead.
0: The, I, and I'm going to go back to what I was saying before. Uh, the Rodan thing, I, I, that was a product of the White Sox, of the management of Rodon, in my opinion. I, I think they – they were trying to manage innings they put him on they had a fake IL stint in my opinion and then he just never got back to who he was dude who did we run out in October uh, we couldn't even we, we skipped Lynn was up I think for game 4 and we skipped him because he ran out of gas too I think it was who started game 1 do you, do, was it Geo Geo started game 1 wasn't it Landstar Game 1? Did Landstar Game 1? Landstar
1: Game 1, Geo started Game 2, and they brought Geo back. Yeah, yeah I thought it was what it was.
0: No, but in Game 4, did Geo start Game 4? No, no, no. Ro- yeah, maybe you're right. I thought it was Rodan. It was Rodan because Game 3 was Cease. Cease pitched terrible, but that was the game we won like 12-7 to seven or whatever it was. We started Rodan, and Rodan only won like 2 or 3, which is, I mean... Th- that's my worry with Kopek this year. I mean, does it, it? To me, it's like a carbon copy. We got Kopek. Let's just hope that's not the case. And it's uh, I'm I'm bro- blowing this out of proportion, but we'll see. I that that's
1: that's how I recall it. I don't know. Yeah, what, what you're are you right. Kopek started, or not Kopek, Sorry, Rodon started uh, the last game. Yeah, how many did he go? Do you have the Two. box score? Two and a third, I think. He what? was throwing
0: gas, though. I remember that first yes. inning, he was he hitting out, like 100. He was,
1: the arm seemed back. He threw two and two thirds, gave up two, uh, <laughs> struck out three, walked two, gave up three hits. They brought Kopak in for two thirds of an inning. He gave up three. So he closed out the third and then probably got roughed at the start of the fourth. And yeah. They brought in Crochet. Oh, Crochet. Man, we could use him this year. For sure. I mean, I think it's one of those. Like, that's been one of the big issues, that they paid, they, you know, elected to use so much money on the bullpen, and the bullpen has not been great by any.
0: Which, is that a good strategy?
1: No. I mean, I think we, like, the bullpen, bullpens are always hit and miss. I mean, go back to the 05 season, right? That bullpen was led by Cliff Polite, Neil Katz, Bobby Jenks. Neil Katz and Cliff Polite never threw the ball nearly as well as they ever did, and Bobby Jenks was out. The, was basically out of the league, like two years later. All career years, right? I mean, those three guys threw the best years of their career. You never would have expected it. It was Neil Katz's best year. By it was Neil Katz's like only really good year. I know Neil Katz. I would love to pull up the Baseball Reference on Neil right. Katz right now. I mean that that year. Was I think we got silly. him. I think we got him from the flubs, by the way. I believe so.
0: All right, I want to take this back to the actual topic. Of this segment here, we got, sorry. Sorry about that. We got a little off track. So we're talking PMA, positive mental attitude, on the twenty twenty two Chicago White Sox. So I want to go to where we stand currently in the AL Central. We're I think we're twenty two and twenty one. Andy Andrew Vaughn just went yard. We're trailing seven to five now, on the Red Sox four and a half back currently. I don't know what's happening here with the Twins. To be honest, I, I don't care what happens with the Twins. The it this is our division to win or lose. And quite frankly, the the Twins, I think I think best case scenario for the Twins, and this is why I'm putting this in the PMA section, I think they're and I'm gonna say this with ninety five percent confidence. The twins best case scenario is eighty five wins. And here's the reason I say this. I looked up the baseball reference, I looked up the war. I looked up the, the past three-year history on every starter for the Twins the other day. And th- their best pitcher currently is Joe Ryan, the, who they stole, by the way, from Tampa. They, that was in the uh, Nelly Cruz trade.
1: Oh,
0: boy. Super young. I don't. He's never—this is his first time in the big, so he's uh, his probably max innings. I didn't check this. Probably max innings in a year is 120. But then you go down the list. Sonny Gray is probably their most experienced pitcher. But go down. I mean, they're, they're counting on Bailey O'Burr for probably 120.
1: Right, you know they've got they're young. At least you know a couple of those spots in the rotation, which is gonna you know you're gonna see those innings issues, hop up. Who and else I think are they're they trying to? I think they're trying to build back to where they were, so I think they're not gonna burn those guys' arms. But who this are they if they can avoid it? Who are
0: they trotting out? So we they, they got Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan, Bailey O'Burr. I think Ober was on the IL actually.
1: He just got off, I
0: believe. Um, I, I'm totally blanking on their on their pitching staff. It's a bunch of journeymen, is what... I, I, we'll, we'll pull it up. You compare that to the White Sox 5, with the White Sox 5, including Lynn and Cueto. So, if Cueto's are 5, based on what he's done, I, Cueto's not going to do what he's been doing, but Cueto's certainly going to be better than Dallas Keuchel.
1: Right, I mean Quato's Queto is like he is the old crafty vet. You know, he's gonna sit there, he'll quick pitch you one day, or one you know, one pitch, the next pitch, he'll give you a, a herky jerky motion. He's going to use every trick in the ball game, and he's gonna get you he'll get you outs, he'll get you quality starts, he'll get rough roughed up occasionally, but I mean he's gonna go out there and he's gonna battle. I think it's a, a pretty good fit for them right now. And you just hope he's able to continue doing what he's been doing.
0: So, Cueto, isn't that supposed to be what Dallas Keuchel was supposed to be this year? What Cueto's <laughs> doing
1: right now. You, you you would like think Dallas Keuchel was the old crafty uh, the old crafty left-hander, but Dallas is uh, Dallas is disappointed a little bit. All right, All right, here you go for the Twins rotation. All right, let's hear it. Joe Ryan, who's currently on the ten-day IL.
0: But no, it's COVID. I think he could oh, be back in the next start. All right. Yeah.
1: Dylan Bundy. Please. Okay. Chris Archer.
0: Like I said, I couldn't even name him, but I was. I right. I mean, more, this is. I this, couldn't be
1: more right on. With Dylan that. Bundy and Chris Archer are like your. You know, give me
0: a break. All right. Who's next?
1: Sonny Gray and Bailey Ober. That's okay. That's their
0: rotation. Sonny Gray. Fine. I'll give him. He's, he's a three. He's like, he's a solid three. Bailey Ober I'm, I'm tired with the Bailey Ober him throwing <laughs> against the sox with six no strikeout he'll, he'll throw' he'll, he'll have two K's one earned run six earned because he's a right-handed pitcher right. I'm, I'm tired of the Bailey Ober narrative. So all right let's stack those five against the sox five and
1: right. what, what wins in baseball? I mean that's what I that's the good thing about the Sox. for all the issues they've had, The starting rotation, for the most part, at least their three arms that you know are going to be there the rest of the year have been performing. You know, Lucas has been Lucas when he's been able to go out there. He's been great.
0: Lucas, by the way, is a stop. I mean, we might have to throw him back as the one based on what he did on the Red Sox. The The Red Sox have like a 900 OPS
1: the last week. And that 2-3-4, I don't care – that line, that 234 is as good as any 234 you are find in baseball. Um the, the, the
0: 234 and then Story who's the hottest player on the planet at batting 5.
1: Oh, right. I mean Story who's just been ridiculous for the last week. Week and a half now. Um yeah, I mean I think you can give I think you can go Lucas. I might give Lucas the ball game one just because you know he's going he'll give you a little bit more give you get you a little deeper in the game and i and i like what i'm going to you know i like him taking that first game
0: yeah i i i agree i think you got to go lucas if if you're if if october starts <laughs> sign of the cross here the Sox win the division like they should otherwise it would be an, an ultimate underperforming year i think you go lucas as the one based on his track record and and his ability to show himself as a stopper what he did this week and the step up and just say, fuck this, I'm winning this game. I haven't really seen that. Well, I don't know. Mike did that this past week with the Yankees. Cease, I'm still kind of on the fence. Cease is like, I would have Cease as our one if I could guarantee he'd have his stuff.
1: Cease has been ridiculous against everybody except the Yankees and the Red Sox. That's a good point, right? I mean, he's been he's been absolutely fire this year. Those were the two starts where he got roughed Which up. Which is
0: only two. I was gonna say, did he pitch against the Red Sox the for in Fenway? Don't remember. I don't think he did.
1: I would think he did. I
0: well, I know Keiko pitched because I couldn't believe he threw like six.
1: Right, shutout. he said a good game in that one.
0: Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's through. Which do we have to worry about him being a bottom feeder?
1: I mean, I think that's definitely. That definitely has been a something that I've seen talked about, right? Because he—that was his issue last year. He was great against the lower teams, but when he played the better teams, he didn't necessarily step up. So I think that is—I think that is definitely a concern. I also think the stuff plays. He's electric. His K numbers, even in games where he's get where he's getting roughed up, he's still King guys like that, crazy. That was the- the Yankee,
0: the Yankee right. game that like Twitter was on fire. It they threw like four innings and struck out eleven, they, yeah, or whatever the, it was. I mean, it was just silly. that up. Which, okay, great point because I think that was an anomaly that the Yankees couldn't have been hotter. We've like two buzzsaws that we ran into. That this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. Like we want to talk about the, the an optimistic view of things. This team couldn't be more unlucky at this point in the year. I. For sure. Run into two buzzsaws, one being the Yankees, the first series that team was unconscious, and now we're running into the Red Sox right now, who's unconscious. We're playing it, their
1: best baseball of the year by far.
0: I mean, you know what I? I don't like either. Like we got, we, we it was fine. We started the season hot, but I don't like getting like the Tigers out of the gate because like the first three, you you never know what happens with the first couple series. You know, it's like right. shitty teams win the series, and then. You look back, you're like, how the hell did, how the hell did the Royals beat the Dodgers in a three game series? But that could happen easily
1: in the first three right. games. Of the year. And that, you know, and the thing it's to a, a certain extent of it's just baseball, right? Baseball lends itself to some unpredictability. You get a pitcher who comes out, throws great that day. You get a team who's is hitting, you know, missiles, but right at guys, right? So you just run into some issues with that, where baseball gets weird at times.
0: Yeah, that that and that was. That Yankee series, the Babbip on the Yankees, that th- I'm not even joking, not not this last series, the the, the series in Chicago. It might have broke a record for Yankees Babbip. Literally every time they put the ball, I mean, the, look at the cease line. The cease line was a fucking absurd.
1: Like he, if they made contact, they got on base. Yeah, I
0: I got breaking news here on. Sit back, relax, and strap it down. Joe Kelly just bumped to the fifteen day I L, unfortunately, after he looked nasty yesterday and just was getting his groove back and they got Tanner Banks coming from Charlotte. Which Tanner Banks I was <laughs> I've been following Tanner Banks since he's been starting in for the cannonballers. And pleasantly surprised at his stuff, and I thought he he was very serviceable. So you got to give props where props to do for Tanner Banks. At one point, he was the the only, he was the only bright spot for the White Sox.
1: Right. I mean, he threw he threw real well early in the year. I think he's you know he struggled a little bit of late, and it was one of those where they have you know they've got what they've that was a Josh Naylor was, game. He was the third left-hander in the pen.
0: Josh Naylor. Yeah. Oh yeah, that game. That was the that was the beginning of him getting sent down. I yeah. think he started that ninth inning. Yeah. All right, so we're we're moving on from the PMA segment because we are talking about the Josh Naylor game, but that game, I, I when I was watching, so we gave up, it, it, we were up six. What was it like? Eight? It was seven to one? Seven to one or eight to two? That was when Pollock hit his first bomb. It was a three run in the eighth inning. And, the most ironic part about A.J. Pollock's first home run with the White Sox is I think that cost us the game. Because if Pollock doesn't hit that home run, it's the bottom eight, right? We're up five to two. A.J. Pollock crushes one to the left. We go up eight to two. Liam when, Liam was up, coming in for the save. Liam was unconscious. That was the week. Uh, we were in like a six-game win streak, maybe yeah. seven games. Liam's ready to come in. And then fucking Pollock goes yard. Tony sits him down, and then Tanner comes in. I right. we're gonna get to Tony in a while. Not not the not the <laughs> hill that Tony dies on. Like no. I, I don't disagree with that decision necessarily. Like whoever comes in, you close out an eight to two game. Right. But do you think here I'm asking you the question? We're up five to two. Pollock doesn't go yard, and Liam comes in fresh inning five to two. Do we win that game?
1: I mean, How I, hot I, like, Liam is. Right. I mean, like that's the thing is that I think you ask any pitcher, it's they want to if you can start a fresh inning, a clean inning, that obviously helps you. Right? So like yeah. you want to go in there, bases clear, your inning, right? You're going with your with essentially your best I mean, he's Liam's locked down. He struggled a little bit at the beginning of the year. He, but, he's back. But he's Liam back. is I mean, Liam's damn good. So you can go to Liam there. I'm liking my chances, but you let them get a little momentum. They get hot. They get, you know, they kind of get the bat swinging. You got to go in there. You're a little rushed. Your bullpen routine's rushed. You're going out there. It's no longer that clean inning. That's the worst. Definitely, definitely doesn't help. I, so I yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. That's a, it's a real good point.
0: I turned the game off. I, so I turned the game off went to bed. No, I didn't go to bed. I was laying in bed. I was watching Better Call Saul. Waiting for the alert that the white text won, wasn't getting the alert. Then of course the the texts start blowing up. I checked the I checked the MLB app, and literally the this is I am not even making this up. I literally open up the MLB app, bases juiced. It's that they they scored two at this point, basis juiced. It had to be, eight to four, with Nailer up. And I'm like, fuck! I gotta turn this game on. So I turned the game on, and <laughs> no fucking joke. I mean I don't, th- I don't know. We gotta look back if it was the first or second pitch. And no fucking crush, crush that ball. He literally, dude, you watch that replay. He's sitting fastball, sitting heat, and just absolutely smokes it. No doubter. That was, dude.
1: <sighs> I'm pretty sure that game. I, Pollock at the homer. I went and watched I turned on one of the NBA playoff games. I think the Bulls might still have been in at that point in time, and I'm watching basketball because I'm like, all right, this game's over. I they I ended up falling asleep, and I think I awoke to text from you, <laughs> saying, "Oh my god!" And I'm like, "What happened?" That sounds and You're right. like, dude, yeah, I Naylor. Like, yeah. All right.
0: All right. Well, well, Josh Naylor turned into Babe Ruth
1: for oh. one night.
0: That that's that. Okay. Dude, it's like Josh Naylor. Trevor Stories doing the same thing Josh fucking Naylor did.
1: It's it's ridiculous. Like they run into these guys on just these absolute epic hot streaks, who are just not. You can't get them out. It's just insane right
0: now. JD Martinez right now is unconscious. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for yes. I'm waiting for yo. I'm waiting for run down the list. I'm waiting for anyone. So we want. All right. So we're we're past the PMA segment, right? Because we got to get we got to get to business.
1: Yeah, I mean Wait. I think we'll close it out with. We've got five runs today. Vaughn's driven in all five. He's finally in the two hole where he belongs. That we finally got Vaughn where he belongs, doing what he needs to do to stay there, and I think that's that's the big positive right now. Uh, we're finally getting, we're getting at least one one or two guys in the right spot for. For the rest of this.
0: It's a great positive, a great segue to our ne- our next segment. Hall of Fame, baseball Whoa. persons decisions.
1: Dude, the second leadoff man that he tried to pull with why Andrew Vaughn was banging nine, I that that will never be anything other than absolute stupid. Like I so, like
0: that is Wait, 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 wait. So back up. What we're talking about Andrew Vaughn batting. Are we? Are we talking about batting ninth or eighth? Because is he? How many times has he batted? He's batted
1: like seven, eight, nine. But when he was bat, I mean, when he was batting eight, it's just dumb, right? Eight was dumb. Eight, eight. Why?
0: What's worse, eight or nine?
1: Eight. I think eight. I think eight. I think eight's worse, right? I mean, like at least nine. You can. You could sell the double leadoff man bullshit. I mean, it, it's, I don't know, it's, dude. I
0: think eight's better than nine. At least he, you could argue. To me, I'm in a bats guy. Like, dude. Totally uh, agree. But here, here's
1: going here's, here's my argument. When you're batting eight and the guy in front of you is Lurie, yeah, like, what? Well, I mean, what are we doing here? Well, okay. <laughs> you brought
0: up you brought up the magic word, Lurie. <laughs> <laughs> so Andrew Vaughn, I. This guy this guy is going to be we I think a lot of White Sox fans would agree that he he will be a top 10 run producer. Talk to Steve Stone. Stone loves it. He'll be a top 10 run producer for the White Sox for the next 6
1: years. I mean, I think and, if you look at Vaughn, like you're saying worst-case scenario almost is Conertko.
0: No, worst case for Conurco –
1: Worst case for Vaughn uh, is he's yeah.
0: Paul Knurk? No, dude, that would be Paulie K was was money. He was, uh, but like, yeah, I know Vaughn's gonna be good. I mean, Vaughn's gonna bet. I, I hear what you're saying. He's Vaughn's gonna, gonna, bet, gonna be middle of the order and
1: bet 280 for a decade. Yeah, with 30 I, bombs.
0: You know what I love about Vaughn? He actually knows how to take a walk.
1: He is a professional at bat.
0: Yeah, he he'll take pitches. So. The one of the problems, as we know, all right, we're getting off topic. We got, we're talking about Hall of Fame baseball personal go decisions. Gotta go back. So Tony today, no, not not today. So today's May twenty sixth. Thursday. And Tony has run out. It's game forty four. I think. Because if we lose, we'll be five hundred. And Tony has run out forty-two lineups, in forty-three games. I think today was probably—I didn't check the lineup today, but I'm gonna guess that was it. was uh, a new lineup. I'm to I, I think he's forty-three. So to let's, forty-three. Let's, I don't no, think no. he's. No, no. You think he's got
1: two? As of two days ago, he was—he was perfect. Every day had been a different lineup.
0: That's almost impossible.
1: Right. And yesterday we had Burger and Mankata, which was the first time those two, I think, had played together.
0: Well, is not playing today.
1: Right. But yesterday they had Mankata, and Burger got sent down when Makata came back, I believe. Then today, I mean, maybe. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say he's had the well, same lineup at, once. At
0: some point you're going out of games that you've got to have the same lineup. You
1: can only have so many combinations, I guess.
0: Well, what do you think about that?
1: It's just insane, right? I mean, it's one of those things where... No one's, let's be honest, very few bats have been playing well. I mean, it's Timmy, it's Luis, it's Vaughn. Abreu's got some stats that look good but hasn't produced. Everybody else is struggling, right? So it's, I understand where when you see everyone struggling, you're almost just throwing things against a dartboard hoping something sticks. But at the same point in time, I also feel like when you go in the lineup and one day you're man three – the next day, you're band seven. Then you're band five. Then you're band nine. Like, it messes with you.
0: Especially as a young player. Right. Like, Andrew Vaughn. All right. A- Andrew Vaughn, the moment he's come up. So, he didn't. I don't think he played in double-A AA or AAA.
1: Nope. His first game in triple-A was his a rehab stint. His So, this guy. You're talking about
0: a guy that came straight from Single the Cannonballers. Formerly the Dash. And... Never has had – another thing I'm confused about with Andrew Vaughn because I'm going to talk about the defensive positions that he's playing. Tonight, he's playing right and Pollock's playing left. Yep. It's Is Vaughn the right fielder now?
1: Pollock – so when Eloy got hurt, Pollock started the year playing right and Eloy was in left. Then Eloy gets hurt and they move Pollock back to left. Because Pollock has been a center fielder and left fielder his whole career. Pollock's he, never played a right. I think he's played three games in right prior to this year. Right? So they But moved, is
0: the consensus that Vaughn's better? Right's the harder position to play.
1: Yes. Right? You need the bigger arm. I, like, But this, again, this is one of my big issues, right? So we move Pollock back to left because that's where he's more comfortable, et cetera, et cetera. But when Eloy's back in two weeks, Eloy's going to play left.
0: So who plays right?
1: Then Pollock's gonna have to move
0: back to right. Pollock's playing right, so like so that, it's, that's.
1: it's it's um it's short sighted. Right, it's short sighted.
0: Yeah, I think it's a good point because the optimal lineup is Vaughn's DHing.
1: Vaughn's DHing or Eloy's DHing or Brayu's DHing, right? And in all those situations, that means either Vaughn's playing first or he's playing left. Yeah, the optimal lineup, he's not playing right.
0: I I lost track of my train of thought, and I'm going to go back to it on Vaughn. So, it started with different spots in the lineup, but I think since he's come up, he's played left, he's played right, he's played first. Tony threw him out at third for a doubleheader. Yep. I mean, as a young player. I think he played
1: second for an inning or two last (laughs) year as well.
0: Talk about a guy who's just, like, taken all the bullshit and gone out and just produced.
1: Well. I mean, that's why I consider, like, that's why I say I think the worst-case scenario for this guy is, like, a career right? He's going to be very, very good. And he has dealt with nothing, he's dealt with a ton of adversity, right? He doesn't get to play in double-A, he doesn't get to play in triple-A. He comes up to the majors, and he's started, he's come off the bench, he's played right, he's played left, and this is a guy who played first base, in college I played first base in high school we I mean, may play third and we're just throwing we throw in the outfield and said hey andrew vaughn listen man you you're a good baseball player figure it out right i mean he is he's been serviceable he right he's the you know again is he a good outfielder he's okay but i mean you know it's a way to get his bad in the lineup um and, like, I can't, you know, you're finally starting to see it, right? Where he's finally starting to get, it's getting a little more consistent playing time. Just keep him in the two-hole, right? Right. There's no there's no reason for him not being in the two-hole.
0: If, if Moncada's not producing right now. I mean, especially
1: if you're going to bat Luis three. Yeah. Right? If we decided I lo- we want. I, I love Luis in the three, by the way. I, I think splitting Timmy and Luis up just by that one spot. You, was, you have to.
0: I, I, like, they it's very clear that the, it, Tim and Luis are the two best hitters on the team. I just I don't think you could, to your point, you can't hit them back to back because right. those guys they're one two in swing percentage in the league. It's like painful, right. but it's also you those guys like Luis is. I love that he swings at the first pitch because I don't like when he's when he has two strikes on him.
1: Right, I don't want Luis trying to battle back for one two. Yeah. I want him jumping first time he sees something good. Let's. Now be more selective, but be on the attack mode.
0: So if you're Tony, what's your optimal lineup? Or if L- Luis is healthy,
1: it's it's got to be it's it's T A Vaughn. I okay. Luis yep. Abreu. Yeah,
0: top four, lock it in.
1: Right, easy. I mean, I, I don't think that needs to change.
0: But with that said, we locked it in. Vaughn's betting nine half the games, so. Let's put that in perspective, but keep
1: going. So, who do you get at five? I th- So, I think, I think you're this five, six. This is where six. it gets tough because right. you lo- no one's playing
0: well. You look at the fucking box score, and I think I I think I think screenshotted the box score the other day and highlighted it for you, the OPS. Yes. And this was when Luis scary. was out.
1: Yeah, scary. You,
0: you, and maybe Vaughn wasn't playing. Maybe Vaughn was. I don't know. But you pull T- T.A. and Vaughn, and you look at the others. And we're talking like, we're talking like Leary Garcia across the board.
1: <laughs> Never things I want to talk about. Um, all right, all
0: right. So I, sorry, I digress. I'm I mean, I
1: think you have to. I like. I think it has to be. It, it's either Pollock or Yasmani, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's whoever's getting hot. to be. You be. know, Pollock is one of those guys who is a righty bat, but he hits righties just as good, if not better, than he hits lefties. Yeah. So it's not like you gotta you know move Pollock down against righties or down or up against lefties, right? So I think right now today I'd probably have Pollock there. Pollock's – The hope is Yasmani heats up and then Yasmani's banded behind the
0: braid. Yeah, Pollock. Uh, so I agree. The the, the Yaz thing kills me, man. He was so freaking hot at the end of last year. He was. I think people forget how good he was when he came back from that knee injury. He oh. was like.
1: He was in, he went on an insane like power streak.
0: Power streak. His dude. His op OBP was
1: over four hundred last year. Ridiculous. I mean, like that's that's the biggest issue, right? So last year Yasmani went through that cold streak where he couldn't get a hit, but he still had a solid on base percentage. Right. This year his on base percentage yeah, that, and average are both out.
0: Gr- okay, great point. Because yo yo is doing the same thing. Right. So we're at. That's 5-6. Now we're
1: at 7. Is it yo? I think it's got to be yo. I mean, he's still he's still more dangerous than whoever you're trying out at second.
0: He, I guess Ozzy interviewed him the other day, and he's saying how injured. Makata kills me, man. It's like when he's going good. Like, he's good. But then when he's bad. Be- he's a big body language guy. Like, terrible body language. But... I don't know. I still love the guy. He was the, he he was, the, the line in the sand, of the rebuild, from the move him and Kopech. So I I think, a lot of White Sox fans are tied to him. Of what we get. We we gotta see him succeed, and I I don't know, man. We'll see. Ever since he got COVID, he hasn't been the same player. Unfortunately.
1: No, I mean I think that's been a big thing, and I, I I would like to think now that he's, you know, like a full year removed from that. He can start. He can start coming back to that guy. But then you know he, he starts the year on the DL, and just trying to come back. Well, it's like, dude, is the guy fifty years old?
0: The, the guy runs the first base, and he's like. And he's always back pulling something, time.
1: right? It's yeah.
0: literally crazy. I, and I love the guy, but it's like, dude. You're not you're not limping back from the club when you go out. Right. And I know he's doing that. There's no doubt.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, so alright, so
0: we got Yo at seven. <laughs> I got a little off topic there. Well,
1: we're and we're forgetting Eloy here. Oh my god. So I like I think when Eloy comes back, Eloy probably slides Jesus. into five. Right? So that, How is this
0: team so bad?
1: Because everybody after Luis Vaughn and Timmy is hitting like shit right now.
0: Yo, we're like struggling to put Yoan Mankata. Yoan had like a three. What was his OBP last year, Schwab? Can you look that up? What, what was? I, Yoan was. We're we're struggling to put Yoan Mankata in the seven hole because we think that might be too early, and the guy, literally, I think he had a three eighty OBP.
1: If I remember correctly, three seventy-five last year. Oh my god! Batted two sixty-three batting average. Did the whole team forget how to play
0: baseball?
1: It's unbelievable. I mean, like it. I th- I think it look it looks like a team, and the stats back it up that you got Yasmani and you got Yo, and they're pressing. Yeah. So rather than working counts and being who they are, you know, they're trying to hit their way out of the slump, as opposed to having good at bats and get on base to work their way out of that. Um, And I I think that's what it is. I mean, you know, the whole team struggles. You got Eloy down. You have Luis down. You've had Vaughn down at times. You've had Timmy out. You know, you've you've had so many people missing. You're all trying to, you know, take that step to get you back to where you feel the team should be. And I think it's ended up with a lot of guys pressing and, and not performing. So,
0: we left off. At number seven. So who's your eight,
1: nine? Well, if we put Eloy in and everyone backs so, up. Uh, okay.
0: So Eloy, but then, all right. So Eloy, where does Eloy slide in? Where's five. he slide in? Five. Uh, five. Okay. He's five. Okay. So he ba- so everyone backs up from there. And then Vaughn's still deaging. Yep. And then eight. So we got a second baseman left.
1: Well, if assuming Aloy's in the lineup, we just have second base left. Assuming oh, great, Aloy's right, yeah, out, right. then it's the DA's. So Yo's second at base. eight? I, I mean, unless he heats up. I mean, if Aloy's five, then you've got Pollock, uh, Yaz, and Yo. Who plays second? Yolbert. <laughs> Yolbert's my nine hitter. I mean, that's. I think it's clear. Yolbert is my nine hitter. I'm calling up Yolbert tomorrow. Can I? Can I go out there? Can I I think I. Think. You couldn't do worse. I think I should go out there. I mean, I'm pretty sure you're faster than Josh Harrison. You'll look By at the way, did, you see Josh,
0: a did you see Josh last night? Almost.
1: Brian kill Andrew Vaughn. Like our our outfielders. Oh my God, Josh! What our are team? You our team kills do? me. I mean, they just want to run into each other. Oh my
0: God! What a disaster! So, man. As we're watching the Sox here, we're just getting lit up. Eight to five now. Tanner Tanner comes in in the seventh. Interesting. But let's I digress. Let's keep moving. So. Let's let's. You know what we missed? Week look back, week look forward. I think we talked a little bit about the Yankees. we we're, we're getting pounded by the Red Sox, the hottest team in the league. Let's talk. What's ahead? We got the flubs this weekend. Major League Baseball totally just destroys the Crosstown Classic. Whatever. It is what it is. Saturday, Sunday, we got the flubs. The last time we faced the flubs, they potentially turned our season around because they're just atrocious. They got, right. they got Murphy's lead bartender, Frank Schwindel, recently sent down, called back up, sitting middle seat on the way to San Diego.
1: I mean, like, Wait, I mean, we got a sweep this weekend. You you got to win those two, and, and I mean, I think the positive is like, you look at some of the advanced stats, and the you know where where the Sox are doing, really really poorly. The Cubs seem to be the team that's consistently below them in those some of those advanced stats, right? Which is almost it's. it's I think that's almost impossible. It's impressive. I mean, it they they're, they're really trying to be worse. Um, yeah, I think this is one you you got to win two. You have to, you have to at least, you know, you have to win the games you can win, win the games you're supposed to win, and these are two you got, you got to win. Um, you need to find a way to, to kind of push that over and get some, some positive momentum, going again.
0: Which I, I here's, here's where I get a little worried because after the flubs, I think, I, and I got to look at the schedule again, but I think we got the Blue Jays, I think we got the Rays, where we like, we round out our schedule against the AL East. And then the Twins the Twins have like it's exaggerating the next hundred games against the freaking Royals and the Tigers. But really, but they have I think the next eight against the Royals and the Tigers. It's which sucks now. It's gonna it's gonna even out in August and September, but we can't be A back in audience. Right. And I mean that
1: that's always a thing, right? Like so yeah, the Sox they're off Monday, then they go three against the Blue Jays, three against the Rays. Which is rough. Uh, in Chicago or uh in... Rays, I believe in or in Tampa. I should and... go to Tampa for that.
0: That's we caught so we already took two out of three out yeah, of the I think Rays. they're I think
1: they're both away. Um so it's one of those where yeah, right, like you know at the end of the year the Sox and the Twins will have, you know, essentially the same matchups, right? They'll play the same teams the same amount of times. So in the end it will end up being similar. But you don't want to get in that point where you know you're behind, you're chasing. And it's just you know, again, it's it's what we're talking about right now with some of the with some of the hitters, right? They feel like they're chasing. They're trying to put, you know, they're trying to get it back in one swing. They're not working counts, they're not doing they're not who they are. They're trying to play above that. Do, do you, think there?
0: you think that's because? Do you think they're pressing?
1: I mean, that's the only. Yasmani has never has always been a high on base guy. I know. Yo's always been a high on base guy. You know, and like for them to be, it. You know, if it's 15 games in, if it's 20 games in, you can say, okay, small sample. You're getting to a point where this stuff kind of starts to normalize, and now they may go on a run. And get those numbers back to to where they usually are. And I mean I think you would say that's probably going to happen just based on the way baseball works. But I mean I feel like that has to be what's going on. Yeah. I hope, right? I mean otherwise
0: what's the explanation?
1: Like it's so it's pressing, it's they've suddenly gotten old and the skills have washed up, or it's they found a a hitch in their swings or a flaw in their approach or
0: But, but I mean it's not every team's like that smart to find the you know what I mean? Right. That's why it's like gotta be that we're pressing. It's gotta be, uh,
1: dude. That's that makes the most sense.
0: But we're in game forty four. This is getting out of This is getting out of hand. Right. Like I, you might read my obituary tomorrow. It's cause of death, game game forty four of the Chicago White Sox twenty twenty two
1: season. It's it's the uh, it's maddening. I mean, it's you know for an offense that did pretty well last year. They just have not produced. And having Luis down for a week or whatever the hell it's gonna be, like that's a huge loss. What a you know, yeah, That's like a
0: kick to the nuts. I mean what? what uh I got distracted there. <laughs> Alright, we're gonna transition here to put on your fresh socks. We're gonna talk a little white socks farm system. Squabby. What do you got for me? I'll will kick it to you. I got a couple in mind, a couple prospects I want to talk about. You mentioned one earlier, which should be betting in the nine hole. What do you got?
1: I mean, Yulbert. Yulbert is playing some. You know, I think he's he's an older prospect, right? He came over from Cuba. He didn't play his first year in states in states until he was twenty four. I think he's twenty five now. He's playing. He played really well last year in AA. He's playing well right now in Charlotte. He's supposed, you know, everything. All the reports are he's a real quality second baseman. With what we're getting from second base right now, I don't know how you can keep him down, right? I find it very hard to believe his if his floor isn't bad coming up and batting one fifty. I mean, which is what we're getting from Josh, right? I I mean, exactly.
0: Yep, exactly right. I mean, he can't
1: be worse, right?
0: So you might as well try him out and let him
1: try him out. out. He's twenty-five.
0: I I love that you bring up his age because, nothing, nothing says white White Sox prospects more than a twenty five year old that we're hesitant to bring up.
1: Right. I mean, it's just it's.
0: Fernando Tatis. If Fernando Tatis still played for the White Sox,
1: Charlotte,
0: he'd be in Charlotte. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, he'd be, like he'd be
0: the he'd be leading the International League in. He'd be an international OPS. league phenom.
1: I mean, like, that's that's the stuff that drives me nuts, right? Is that, like, you know, that was my joke when he first cracked with the Padres and was killing it. That's why like, I'm not mad about the Could you imagine if he was with the Sox? There's yeah, no it way. he could it be in Birmingham? <laughs> I mean, like, it's just it's, it's ridiculous.
0: We're obsessed with the old prospects.
1: Right. I mean, Birmingham and Charlotte would have loved Fernando Tatis because he would have spent way too much time there. All right, so I'm gonna
0: my my prospect is Lennon Sosa. This guy, this guy was off the radar, but he's all right he's in Birmingham, playing short. Probably league average, I would say, up until this year. You look at his numbers; he's leaving. He's leading the Southern League in OPS right now. It's he's so- tw- he's twenty two.
1: Yeah, he's young. He actually is a legit. So a twenty-two, prospect.
0: a twenty-two-year-old doing that in AA is, for some reason he's like number twenty on the prospect list. That's got to be adjusted. But at the same time, why not give guys go from AA to the pros all the time? Right. You said it yourself. Why not give him a chance?
1: I mean, I think you gotta give like what we're getting from second base with Harrison and Lurie has been bad. I mean, it's not league average. It's 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 below. below.
0: it. Uh, we'll, we'll get to Larry, but right? I, I completely agree. So,
1: I mean, I see no reason when you are the way I look at it is the Sox need a a jolt from somebody, right? You got to f- fire somebody, bring somebody up, make some sort of move and see if you can't get a little energy, get a little juice into the club.
0: You got to do it.
1: Second base is a hole right now. If we're not gonna take if we're not gonna tell Burger, hey Burger, we're throwing you at second, let's take let's we've some legitimate second baseman in the in the minors who are doing
0: well. So here's the problem. And I, I don't think it's a problem, but Racon thinks it's a problem. In order to get Yooberg on the team, in order to get Lennon Sosa on the team, you would have to D F A Harrison. Because yep. you can't, you can't have Gilbert, you can't have Harrison and Leary on the same team. Right. And what happens when you DFA Harrison? That you're you're admitting that you took
1: five million dollars and you lit it on fire.
0: I, I, what did Harrison sign for? But I think he sold. He signed
1: for about five mil. Yeah, somewhere between three and five, I believe, was what it ended up being. But you did with Eden last year. If you were willing to do with Adam Eden. You did Eden, do it with Eden. Good point. And you're gonna end up doing with Keuchel. I mean, again, right? Like.
0: If he doesn't do it with Keiko?
1: I, let's not go there. <laughs> let's let's just not go there. I mean, but it's one of those where... like Jerry's going to be... Jerry. Jerry's not going to be happy, but it's one of those where, like, listen, you had some constraints with the budget, right? We We acknowledge that. We understand that. We know that's always going to be there, right? You tried to work around those constraints. It didn't work. So you have two options. You can continue to throw bad money at bad players and let them continue to go out there. You can say it's a sunk cost. We'll bring up Yolbert, who's making the league minimum and at least see what he can do. So I love what you just
0: brought up because I'm an accountant. And in my junior year of college, I was taking an accounting course. And this is how I learned about a sunk cost. My accounting professor – gave a story and basically said you're dating a girl or dating a boy and you've dated for 10 years and you you know the prospects of marriage are on the table but both of you you've been fighting lately both of you see the writings on the wall that it's not going to work out and what she said is there's two ways you could go. You could one way you could go, you could say, "You've dated for ten years, you put in all this time, we got to see it through and get married. Or you could look at it like an accountant and say, this is a sunk cost. We know it's not gonna work. I don't give a shit about the ten years, and we're gonna cut it off because you know where it ends. right? right? I, and I've to this day, I haven't forgotten about that analogy and it speaks truth right now. To Josh Harrison. It speaks truth right now to Larry Garcia. It speaks truth right now to Dallas Keuchel. The three worst players on the Chicago White Sox, easily. You look at their wars, it's undisputable. You get rid of those three players right now, and we're immediately a better team by right. by replacing them with replacement players from AAA. Right. I mean,
1: and like, to a certain extent, I feel bad for Lurie. He is not an everyday major league player, and he just hurt Abreu. Um, So take, I take that back. I don't. But like, he was put in a position where he couldn't, where he <laughs> couldn't guy, win.
0: This guy, we're talking about Larry Garcia. We're watching the Sox game. It's, it's ten, it's ten eleven right now on Thursday night, and this fucking guy runs into Jose Abreu in foul foul territory. I mean, can you? Does it get any worse? I mean, it's, but it's, you know. <laughs> this guy, like, he's he's the magic word for the White Sox. You can't say it. You can't say Leary, man. What is he doing? And it's
1: in Jose's glove. Dude, it's Le- Jose is very good at catching these balls over his shoulder. Get oh God. Way, man. Let God, Jose this is catch the ball. Um, but going yeah, back it, to where I was, a at least they're laughing now, so at least I think Jose's not dead. Um, what a disaster. You know, like, I feel bad to him. I feel bad. Are they to him. actually hurt? No, they're okay. I feel bad to a certain extent, right? He's not an everyday Major League player. He shouldn't be in the lineup every day. But Tony just loves him some Lurie and wants to put him in the lineup. Lurie should never be in the three-hole. But Tony loves him some Lurie and was mad at Hans, so was just going to play him, and put him in the three-hole. Like, take a guy and let him do what he can do, right? You need a replacement here, you need a replacement there for a day. A day or two, bet eight or nine in those days, and let him do that. Trying to make him an everyday major league player, whether it's in second, right field, center field, shortstop, third, wherever, it's not what he, it's not who he is, it's not what he can do. And you're just, I, you're, I do
0: agree with you to that extent. I think if Leary plays fifty games, he's probably good. Right, but he plays so much. He's playing hundred and forty games.
1: Larusa puts him in these prime spots in the order. And it leads to everyone being angry with him. Where if he's used the way he should be used, you know, I think you're you're okay.
0: Leary, oh my God, White but, Sox fan and Leary, what a relationship.
1: But like, I go back, to, and this is kind of what we talked about with the, who we're talking about prospect wise. It was a bad signing, not because of who Leary is as a player. Well, because of who Leary is as a player, right? He's a he's a utility guy. Yeah. And you have a minor league system full of guys.
0: Dude, the minor, it's loaded. I mean, it's like, in fact, the only loaded position is
1: second base. Right. Second short. Right? I mean, your number three prospect by pipeline, Jose Rodriguez, shortstop. Your number seven prospect, Romy Gonzalez, shortstop, second base. Uh, You know, you've got Yolbert, 14, shortstop, second base. You got Sosa, who we're talking about right now. Shortstop, second base. I don't get it, man. It's just that was not a guy who needed a three-year contract. <laughs> it's a one-year, three mil, and that would be a, that would be high on the money. And we went Who's offering? Who's mil.
0: offering? Larry, one year, three mil. I don't think anyone. Nope. Han, uh, dude, he's making seventeen million dollars. Is that right? Is my math half mil? Yeah, sixteen and a half. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's. Silly.
1: <laughs> It's absolutely silly. What are we doing? It's just, it's just silly, right? That's like a Ryan Pace move. He's outbidding yourself. Hey, man, somebody, somebody's got to drive the market up, and if no one else will do it, you do it on yourself. Oh my
0: goodness! But it's weird. just
1: like these are, you know, and that's where that's where we're good in the miners, and that's why it's it's money that didn't make sense. All right. What
0: a, what a missed opportunity tonight as we're watching. The White Sox versus the Red Sox. The The Royals upset the Twins, throw a three spot up, and then Dallas Keichel takes the bump. It's like,
1: what? So you want to talk about another prospect. Why isn't Davis Martin still up? Da- okay. What, what are we worried about DFAing ing right. we Have we
0: seen enough? The sample size right. is big. So like- it's not a sap- It's not a sample size anymore. It's a population.
1: Yes, I mean this is this is the second year he's come out here and is underperformed, right? And now with the with the changes in the amount of times you're able to send a guy down, if you're gonna bring uh, if you're gonna bring Davis Martin up, let him stay up for two three turns through the rotation, see if he can be a quality legitimate pitcher. And here's the other thing: if you leave him up for three four starts and he does well, you get to the trade deadline. He's got more trade value. Which,
0: a Davis Martin out of nowhere guy not part of your future, you dangle him a little bit. That's that solves a lot of.
1: Shows you need a right fielder. He shows something in a few. At starts. the trade
0: deadline, there, there's going to be a lot of guys that are on one year deals that you could pick up for a Davis Martin, and solve a lot of problems.
1: Right. I mean, like we we talked we had this talk two years ago. When they played that short season, there was no minor league system. Yeah. Right? And we said the reason they couldn't make trades is because they had a lot of guys who were like, maybe. Yeah. Right? You know, they had Adolfo. They had, uh, what was the the outfielder they got from the Red Sox and the Copec? Uh
0: Rutherford? Not Rutherford. He's from the Yankees. Rutherford
1: was the Yankees, but uh, Baza Bay. Yeah, right? Basabe. You had a yeah. bunch of those guys who were yeah. like double A, and they were doing okay, right? Yeah, and Basabe were, is the guy they
0: should have traded. It was – they,
1: they needed another year to show if they were good prospects. And maybe they flame out like they eventually did. Yeah. Right, and you can't trade for anything. But maybe they get hot for a little bit, and they give teams a little bit of hope, right? When the Sox traded uh, Robertson and – that was a terrible deal, by the way. It was Robertson
0: and uh, Conley, Tommy Conley. The really the uh, when they traded to the Yankees to the Yankees, no it was Robertson they traded and Conley, uh, Conley or Conley can Canley. Tommy they, they, When they
1: trade, when they trade Robertson to the Yankees? Yeah. No, there was someone else in that deal. He was I a one it was year Robertson wonder. And I can't Canley. think of his name. It was Conley. The
0: dude was lighting was it? up. He was throwing like a hundred and one. Yeah, Tommy Conley. I mean, it was just I'm like positive that was who it was. Look it up. It that's who, who it was. And those two guys, and Rutherford was, it was Rutherford and some other, like, lefty who sucked, who got DFA'd. Not DFA'd, but just let go.
1: Oh, you're right. It was Tommy Connolly. Uh, it was Rutherford, Tyler Clipper, Clippersaw. Ian Clarkin, and Tito Polo. Ian Clarkin Polo. was a lefty. Tito Polo Tito is, Polo? I wanted to make didn't do well. Legendary. For Robertson, name, Frazier, and Tommy Connolly. You're right. Everyone needed Tito Polo. But, like, it's, you know, it's one of those things where, Blake Rutherford was a, uh, uh, you know, he had high draft capital, and he was showing some things. and.
0: Rutherford, by the way, he got DFA. So he was, like, out of options and was on waivers. Nobody claimed him. Now he's back. He's actually having the best year ever. I think he's got, like, a 900 OPS. In tr- There's some surprisingly high performers in the minor league sy- Our minor league system shit. Yes. If you look at our record, but, like, you got some players that are actually doing decent. Surprising, like which is unusual compared
1: to the the oh, yeah. previous
0: years, right?
1: But I mean, like you need you you're in your you're supposed to be in your contending window, and the fact that we're not spending in this window is frustrating. Or you're, or we're spending, but we're spending poorly yeah, and in, that, that, in bad great, positions. Great point, because
0: everyone wants to get on Jerry for not spending, but I think we're top. Top, top I ten, think. I think. Top. I, I, 10. Thought, I, think
1: we were, I thought we were think
0: we I thought we're were All right, in payroll, or yeah, we're 10. in the top ten, and I said this the other day: misallocation of resources. by... yes, hundred percent. We talked about spending on relievers, mistake. Should Should we create the money for Rodan right now? We could do it very easily. Easily. So we got. God, what a. As, as I speak, the Red Sox are pouring it on. Let's create a contract for Carlos
1: Rodon. We got. Qualifying offer was 18? 18 mil. 18 which mil. he
0: might have taken. It'd be I hard think, to turn. You think I he think would take it? I think he has down? to
1: take it because I don't think anyone is. Boris going. said they wouldn't take it, but Boris is full of shit. They all say they won't take it. And then they realize that no one's going to give them the draft pick compensation that still, atta- still was attached to it this year. And then you end up having to take it. So
0: Josh Harrison, how much was Josh?
1: Let me let me pull up a little sport track right here. Get this all down to the, the penny I, for I you. I don't
0: even think I'll put Leary in, even though like you need a second baseman, even though we could have a replacement level player. Who's doing better? So
1: over. Harrison
0: Harrison I think was like five mil maybe.
1: So Harrison is We right. have adjusted salary.
0: Harrison is at 4 mil. 4 mil. So that's 4 mil for Josh. Vince, how much is Vince? 3. That's 7. Joe Kelly, how many? I mean 7. So we're talking about our reliever who's given us maybe 6 out of the bullpen. Not great. He's been injured, whatever. That's 7. So that's 14.
1: You want to know how to make this really easy? Yeah. You know who you don't sign if you have Carlos Rodon? Johnny
0: Cueto, 4-2. That's 4? Four? 4-2. Four That's 18. We're at 18 right there. Right. That was our 18.
1: You don't, so, s- you don't so have to we're sign at, Cueto.
0: We're at Cueto. Qu- yeah, well, Cueto was like the insurance. Like, oh, shit. Cueto sucks. Shit. Oh, Lance shit. Lance got hurt. Vince
1: sucks. Lance got Lance hurt. Lance got hurt. We got to sign somebody, so we signed Cueto.
0: I love Cueto, though. I love Cueto. But, Queto. You're saying but Queto, not Quico, great but Queto. point. That's our money. So, we got Cueto, Vince, Josh, and Joe. And Wait. that's not even including Leary, which was the worst. Leary was the worst fucking deal. Five, five. In baseball, in the last ten years,
1: I'll I mean, like, though. Kendall Grayman is a really good reliever.
0: Yeah, great, he's,
1: great. He's making eight mil. Eight mil. The fact that we gave the Jack- difference between Joe Kelly and Kendall Graveman should be more than a million dollars. And I like Joe Kelly. I really like Joe Kelly. Right? He's been hurt. He's battled back. Like, so that, like, there are some things that have been outside his control. I truly believe that Kendall Graveman's more than a million dollars better than Joe Kelly. Dude,
0: I was looking at a uh, baseball reference the <laughs> Graveman had like three good years, and one of them was the COVID year. Yeah. Before that, he was not good. No. But he's good. I like Graveman. That's not where I'm going. Kelly. Kelly's also, like, had some really bad years. Relievers are, like, Relievers, very, right? We should have signed the sheriff up in Detroit. The The lefty—I don't even know his name. I call him the sheriff because he used to pitch for the flubs. You know who I'm Chaffin. talking about? Andrew <laughs> yeah. Chalfin. Yeah, Chafin. Chafin, yeah. the sheriff. Why didn't we throw him? He signed two-year 13 mil. Let he, he signed for less than Kelly. He signed for less than Graveman. Look at his ear right. Right,
1: right. like— that's the thing is that you can find good relievers who are signing cheap contracts because they're old, because their track record is, is shitty because they're relievers, right? It's all absolute. It's, it's a, it's to a certain degree a crapshoot, right? You, you know, you have some guys who are your good standards and, but a lot of them are, are one year guys or two year guys, like. Who would think? Who would have ever thought Ronaldo? Ronaldo would have been a, like a solid reliever for it. Ronaldo's solid. He's solid. I mean, he's I, can, pumping Hundo I can deal sometimes. with Hundo. Matt Foster, Foster, great the solid. COVID year, so awful last are year. Are we going
0: back to the PMA section?
1: Maybe I. You know, I with this game going the
0: way it is, I've got to find something positive about it. Right? How How do you think Tony makes it to the mound every
1: night? He's the guy. Like he's a he's a specimen, man. For for a, for a guy who I'm pretty sure is dead half the game. He's a specimen. I love when he runs. It's something I get great joy out of. I I'm, fucking hate Tony so much. It's awful. It's awful. He just makes decisions that make me say what what are we doing?
0: It's tough, man. It's tough being a White Sox fan in twenty twenty two. all right, so let's let's get some let's get some thoughts to wrap this up. I want to talk about the outlook. What optimism do we have here? Are, are, do we think? I, I go, I threw a hundo down on FanDuel. I, we were, like, plus 120 to win the division. I thought it was free money. I still think it is. I I, I don't like the twi- the. Dude, look at the box score. Look at the OPS for every player in the white Sox. There's no way that continues. Is that possible?
1: Well, I think you look at, like, you know, one of the things to say about baseball is by the end of the year, you're going to play the numbers on the back of your baseball card, right? Your numbers are going to be there at the end of the year. Now, it may come over a hot stretch where you get super hot for a week, you hit seven bombs, next thing you know, you're back on pace for your numbers.
0: Kind of like the Red Sox. Right. You know, Trevor, Trevor, Story.
1: Story. Trevor Story goes absolutely ridiculous for a week or two, and now Trevor Story's numbers look like you were kind of expecting Right, and you don't realize that if you look at just the box score and you look at just the stats, you see okay, well, there's Trevor Story's stats. That's what you expect. You don't realize he did it over two weeks. I think you look at so many guys in the Sox, and so many of them are. You have to think Yasmani is going to give you something similar to what he's given. You. He's got to, right? Like right? I mean, this has to end. He's going to end up hitting what two forty to two fifty. He's, he's not going to hit. He'll have a 360 to 370 on-base percentage. and will hit 25.
0: Uh, so you brought it up the other day. You sent me a text. Simeon and Grandal are the two worst left-handed hitters, I think, in baseball right now. Like, there's no way both of those players are the two worst hitters in baseball.
1: Well, and, like, I think with Simeon, at least you can there – there are things with Simeon that made sense, right? When I think often when you see players get a big contract and move teams, you see them – you see their production drop for that first year. Now, typically, I think it's usually when you see them going from AL to NL or NL to AL, that's when you see a bigger drop. But you see that from time to time. The other thing is that with him last year in Toronto, not being able to play in Toronto, they're playing in Florida. They're playing their spring training park in Florida. Playing and, they're and, playing and in uh, Buffalo.
0: Miska Muska Park in Buffalo. Right. M- Mickey Mouse and Park. Both
1: of those, both of those stadiums, yeah. right? Hitters' paradises. So I think there were there were things popping up last year that made you say, Okay, those numbers might not be real. Those numbers may fall back. Yasmani's in the same park. He's doing the same damn thing. We're playing him a catcher less. That's the only difference. Is that we really want to play Reese McGuire all the damn time. Yeah, I mean Reese Reese can't play eighty. He needs to let him be Kopech's personal catcher for reasons I still don't understand and let that be as one start a week or two starts a week.
0: So I okay, so I think we both agree. Looking forward, it, it's it's got to turn. For for both of our health's sake, it's got to turn. Right. And we don't know when. Maybe this weekend against the Flubs, they just gave up twenty against the Reds, <laughs> which is I mean against the Reds,
1: that's impressive.
0: That's impressive. So. We'll, we'll see what happens. I I am, I think, overall, I'm optimistic about the White Sox. I think we, we've hit every ridiculous stat you could hit through 44 games. This is some kind of 44-game stretch. I just, I think there's a lot of positive regression here. That's what I'm going to stand by. And... I think when we talk again in October, not I'm not gonna say October. talk again in August September. We're gonna at least be neck and neck with the twins.
1: Right. I mean, I you know we they've dealt with a lot of injuries so far, right? There have been lots of injury issues. Eloy is starting his rehab trip soon. Lynn is starting it soon. Yeah, Lance Thirty like, Racks. Lynn,
0: by the way, he's coming back with a dead ball. He's going to be – he gonna, was He was a top three Cy Young without a dead ball.
1: Right. I mean, so, like, those two guys coming back are going to be a huge boost. With that being said, the starting pitching hasn't been a problem with the exception of that one spot. But putting Lance Lynn into that spot – Lance Lynn for Dallas – Is a huge pickup. Huge trade. Right? You know, that's a big, a big addition. Eloy going into that lineup will hopefully mean less – DH starts for Yasmani, which would mean less starts for McGuire in totality. So that makes the lineup better. You hope, yo, yo doesn't need to. Gimme, gimme. It, it could be the COVID year, yo, where he bad at 230. Totally. I mean, like, you don't, if he's going to be your seven or eight hitter. Oh, Jesus oh my. Christ.
0: We're, we're watching, we're watching the game here. It's, this is, this is getting rough. Um, I mean, what what can you do? Oh boy. This is bad. That this is Souza ground out to the pitcher. Just throws it down the left field line. It, it I mean We're on how, how many runs have we given up in the series? It's hard to All right, we're we're on a positive outlook. We're looking forward. I'm telling you, throw it all behind us. That we got we got blue skies ahead. We PMA. We, PMA were, that may we're be the la- worst <laughs> first base I've
1: ever seen. I'm not sure what that was, but that was awful.
0: Oh my. What a debut. What a debut throw. for uh, sit back, relax, and strap it down. This is our first podcast ever. Thank you for bearing with us. We you know, we're working through some kinks i think i think we hit a little bit of flow i think we did a little better later on and, and we're
1: missing a member we are this is a, a this will be a three-person podcast when we uh most most days at least uh, our third member is uh in wisconsin permanently so it's a little harder but uh you know we're gonna work on that and it, it will be a three-person podcast most weeks so it should be uh it's gonna be fun. So he so, definitely brings a different vibe to the table.
0: He, he's gonna absolutely, but he's gonna be a key member of the team. We're gonna do we're gonna do weekly White Sox updates, weekly podcasts. It's gonna be a great time. We're gonna talk about. Hopefully next week we're on a four or five game win streak. The flubs are gonna. I love playing the flubs. That they turned our season around last time. They're gonna do it again. We're gonna get we're gonna get our another uh our, our guy here that the Schwab mentioned to join us and and we're gonna we're gonna be joining every week to, to talk White Sox. So thanks for listening. We'll uh we'll get you next week and uh yeah, thanks. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.
1: See ya.